0: From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival.
1: Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. We took a couple weeks off, but we are back now with a really special episode and a very special guest. Before we get into it, if you like what you hear today, please subscribe to Film Forward on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We provide weekly episodes where we interview filmmakers who are killing the game, like our guest today. We do featured Gimme Three episodes where me and a guest each pick three films based on a theme. And starting this July, we'll also be highlighting the filmmakers from the annual Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. So, plenty to listen to. There's plenty in our archives. So, like, subscribe, and leave a comment if you can. Really helps us out. As we mentioned, though, we are joined today by a good friend of mine who I haven't seen in far too long, one of the nicest guys in the industry who can also kick your ass. And his name is Johnny Yang. Johnny, thank you for joining us today.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. I know it's been way, way too long. I can't even, I I think the last time I saw you was maybe grabbing a cup of coffee over in Burbank at some point.
1: Yeah, it's it's been far too long. Yeah. And Johnny is he is currently the assistant stunt coordinator on a few shows. One show that we're gonna highlight today, one of the best shows on television, in my opinion. That show is Warrior, which just got renewed for a third season on HBO Max. Uh, and Exciting. This show is, is incredible. It deserves being renewed and I was so excited when I saw the news, man.
2: Yeah, thank you. I mean, look, I keep saying our show was kind of like the little engine that could, that we actually got the third season. I don't know how many shows that it's great whenever you hear that a show on its own legs, you know, petitions and the fans get involved and actually makes it happen. You know, it was it was definitely a long shot. And I'm so, so proud of the Warrior family and the Warrior fans for actually pulling through and getting us another season as wild. For those who have not seen
1: the show, tell the audience what Warrior is and what
2: it's about. It's kind of a fish out of water story. The story behind it goes that Bruce Lee wrote a pilot that he was meant to star in. It wasn't a biopic, it was just a vehicle for himself to star in. Back in the day, and the story got taken and reworked and it became the David Carradine Kung Fu Legend Continues. So this is supposed to be his original vision of a show that he was going to star in, you know, brought to life in a modern day era. I would have loved to have seen his rendition of the show, you know, filmed mm-hmm. in the 70s and you know 80s. And just to see how what the difference would be, you know, to film it then and now. Basic story of uh, 70s. San Francisco, um, you know, when a lot of the uh, Asian immigrants were coming over into San Francisco from Hong Kong, I want to say China to be, you know, uh, immigrant uh, laborers and workers. So there's a lot of Asian racial tensions going on around that time, you know, yellow fever and the yellow demon kind of things where people were afraid, Americans were afraid of Asians coming over and stealing, you know, jobs and stuff. So there's a lot of that racial tension that goes along between The Asians and the local populace, as well as the police, you know, and as well as the Chinese against each other because of the Tong Wars, you know, the Asian gangsters who are fighting amongst themselves uh, for control of San Francisco at the time. And it's uh, about a guy who comes over from Hong Kong looking for something. And he gets embroiled, you know, thrown into the mix into one of the gangs and he gets just thrown into that world and has got to survive and, you know, try to climb up on top.
1: And I think you earlier you mentioned, you know, the last time we saw each other was a, few, a couple years ago, a few years ago. We had coffee in Burbank and I think you had either just started working on this show or you had just got the job. You were like pitching this show to me and telling me that it was based off of Bruce Lee's original treatment. And I was like, holy crap, this sounds amazing. So to kind of hear it from like the inclinations and it just starting out and then seeing it on the screen and seeing how amazing it turned out, it was really, it really blew me away what your team has done with this show. Because as you mentioned, it's got all these layers of, you know, mystery, different, you know, Tong Wars, you know, the Yellow Fever, all this kind of stuff. And it has... Some powerful social messages, too, of like, you know, things that we can learn from the past. I love shows that do that. It's like, let's look at the past and learn from it and use it as a, uh, you know, a warning rather Mm -hmm. than to uh, to analyze it. So the show works on a lot of levels.
2: Yeah, it's actually we were pretty we were originally kind of bummed that season two, its release date got pushed a little bit. And then, oddly enough, just the way that, you know, the universe sometimes works is when it got released is when, you know, during COVID and all this, obviously, you know, you've seen the news of anti-Asian attacks and abuse has been happening. So it's Mm -hmm. a really weird turn of events that Warrior got released at a very, very, like, poignant time, you know, in the world. Absolutely. It's it's pretty surprising because one of the episodes, you know, I remember when I went back to rewatch season two after it got released is... There's a line in that says one of the guy goes, "Oh, that's the problem with these damn Chinese, you know? They're everywhere." And I was just that, just I was just thinking in my head, like, "Man, like, is this you know, eighteen seventy five or is it two thousand twenty? Right? Like, when does it show? You know?" So it, in a weird way, it, it was a good way to to kind of show, you know, on a media standpoint, almost like reflective of what's happening in the world. Absolutely, man. Yeah.
1: Talk to me about what it's like for you. I mean, I know you're both of us were big fans of martial arts films and in a way you've kind of dedicated your life to it, but now you're working on a show conceived, you know, by Bruce Lee. I can't imagine <laughs> what what it must've been like, you know, like first take us into like, if you can, when you get the job and the first time you like, actually step on set how do you like remove the pressure from yourself and be able to just execute
2: uh, my, my bro um brett chan who was the actual stunt coordinator second unit director and fight coordinator on the show he's the one that you know brought me out and he's the one that got the show and you know i've been his assistant coordinator in the past and he's one of my best friends because he's so well versed and fantastic at what he does it really helps to take away some of the pressure i would say mm-hmm. um in trying to live up but you know the but the pressure's there we, we all felt it coming in that oh we want to make sure that you know, we do this genre, this story, you know, justice because of the roots behind it with Bruce Lee's massive name behind. It. And this is what his show possibly could have been for an Asian, you know, Asian-American martial artist uh, working in the film industry to work on a show with that kind of background is freaking amazing. Just at the <laughs> thought of, oh, holy crap, I get to work on. I, I have a T-shirt given to me by Shannon Lee. From, it's a Bruce Lee T-shirt given to me by Shannon Lee when I worked on a Bruce Lee show signed by all the cast members and crew and stuff like that on the show. Like it's one of my favorite things that I've ever gotten. It's so cool. I just couldn't believe, you know, that I've had this opportunity and I'm so, so incredibly grateful that I got to be a part (laughs) of it. And the War family is great. Like the cast, the crew, like it was, there's a lot of very beautiful, beautiful people on the show. And I'm so, so grateful, you know, that uh, I got to be a part of it. It was such a wild journey. Everyone from the top down gave the show a lot of care to try to make the show good you know and you guys accomplish it i want to talk
1: about that a little bit more because what's really impressive about the show is like nearly every episode has like amazing stunts like these very elaborate fight sequences but it never takes away from the look of the show the quality remains like very high and consistent the performances are always really really good So talk to us if you can just about your stunt team and the fight choreography team and how do you guys divide and conquer to pull off so much incredible stuff at such a consistent level and not take away so much from... Because as, as we both know, sometimes stunts and everything like that can be quite time-consuming because you have to do it safely and you have to do it the right way. So talk to us about how you're able to pull off so much consistent, amazing work in this show.
2: I would definitely have to say everyone coming in with the right mindset is definitely a big factor. When I say that, what I mean is that no one's really walking in there at least from my side and my experience with the team with their own agenda we're mm-hmm. we're all there to make the show good from the directors the writers the ward of every department you know we're there together because we want to make a good show so that really helps in terms of just being able to have the freedom and the trust to create a good show, you know. The showrunner Jonathan Chopper and then the writers and directors really, really empowered Brett and our stunt team to create, and they trusted us to create good action for the show. And they really, really just let us kind of run around it, you know, within reason, but with our creative input, you know, whether it's the choreography or the, some of the storytelling behind the fight scene or the camera work, you know, um, on the show. And it really, really helps. Um, I Sometimes I feel like when it comes into stunts, we're there to make the show and make everyone look good. But I feel like sometimes some writers, directors, producers worry that, oh, if they let us do everything that we want to do, it somehow almost takes away from them. Right. So they don't fully, but it's like, you know, you'll still get the credit. We're here to make us all look good. If, if the stuff looks good, you know, we don't get the credit. Of course, we share the credit. Right. But whereas in Warrior, yeah, they, there was no ego behind any of that. They were like, here's what we want. We trust you guys. You guys do phenomenal work. And now go. <laughs> they were basically just like, now go and go too. Obviously, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be um, opinions and, you know, changes to be made, you know, because again, it's not our show, meaning like the stunt team show. It's all of our show. Right. So we would obviously, you know, the directors, the producers, the writers would come and give their input and we would make changes accordingly. It was all with the sense of. Let's make the show good, not, oh, I want to make the changes because, you know, it makes me look good.
1: Right. Absolutely. Well, and I, and part of it also is, you know, knowing your audience. A lot of fans of the show are fans of it. You know the characters are amazing, the stories are amazing. I'm a big yeah. history buff, so I'm like, I'm <laughs> eating all that kind of stuff up. But also, I want to see some, <laughs> want to see some amazing fight yeah, yeah. sequences, and, and a lot of people come to the show for that. So I think,
2: yeah, the show they, is called Warrior. You know, they're ready, they're really, <laughs> right. they're, really, they're really Some damn warriors on this show. <laughs> right. The thing is, I feel like a lot of, a lot of action nowadays, it's very, very dependent on the cinematography behind it we've all seen fight scenes. I can very easily ruin a fantastically choreographed fight scene by shooting and editing it very, very poorly. right. The reverse is you know all' all shrewd. you can completely highlight and make a and make a slightly lackluster fight scene. Per performance is much better by knowing where to put your camera and you know how to edit the fight scene the rhythm of it and that's that's another one thing that um, the show really allowed us the freedom to do is that we really really just shot and some of it was just but more of a production constraints, if anything else, that actually kind of helped the show, they would trust us to previs the fight scenes. And then, you know, once it all got signed off, you know, I was gonna make changes, whether it's um, camera or anything, but you know, it was never anything insane. And then once we got there, you know, that was the plan and then we shot the plan. The previous was the Bible and we shot that and only that. So that really helped us streamline the process. It may not be the best way for every show, but it's what worked really, really well for our show.
1: And that totally makes sense because when you're working on, you know, a television show, you have you have to stay on schedule. You got a lot to shoot. You know, it's a multi week deal. So having a solid plan for something like a fight sequence where you can go in, execute on something that's been decided upon. It allows the performances to you know, like the performers to do what they gotta do.
2: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And it just makes it easier. You know, unless it's designed that way for a specific reason. You know, I don't I've never shot like a master personally, uh, for a fight scene ever. Right. Because, you know, I know the master is, is used as a, essentially as a backup, you know, in case something goes wrong, then you can always, always, I've always been told, oh, then you can cut back to a master. But we try to very, very meticulously plan our fight scenes that if there ever was some kind of a, quote unquote, looks like a master shot, that was planned. We didn't shoot an entire master and just cut to it randomly. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, because a master for a fight scene, just a ass saving wide shot, if you will, <laughs> you know, isn't necessarily going to do the fight justice, you know, and, and in, in most cases it
2: won't. Yeah, correct. I'm all for big wide shots of the fight scene that look beautiful when you mm-hmm. can see the horizon, the background and, you know, all the hard work that the, that set deck and, you know, um, art design and put into it. I'm all for that. But. I'm all for it in the sense of, let us decide exactly when that moment is, right So it's still part of the choreography and not just as a random, "Oh, let's just shoot this, just to shoot this," kind of idea. If you've got all the time to work, shoot, and you know you've got 5,000 cameras to go and do it, you know, then okay, well then you know, that's the way your show is run. That just simply didn't work on our show.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, it, it all makes sense, and obviously, the plan worked out amazing because <laughs> as I mentioned, all the, all the fight sequences in this are just just wonderful and really intoxicating. And one of the things I love about, people ask me a lot, like, why do you love fight movies so much? Why do you you like sword fighting and all that kind of stuff? (laughs) There's, what you guys do in this show highlights for me what's best about kung fu and and fight sequences in cinema, because there's an opportunity for telling many stories within the story. You know, each Mm -hmm. fight has kind of like a beginning, middle, and end, you know, good guy gets the upper hand, bad guy gets the upper hand, you know, the little injuries start uh, coming into play, all that kind of stuff. That that I think is one of the things that's most beautiful and powerful about like watching well choreographed, well executed fight sequences on screen.
2: Yeah, I mean, we definitely had a blessing in terms of getting Andrew Koji, who plays Assam, the lead actor on the show. And obviously we have Joe Taslam, another fantastic, you know, actor, martial artist, human being that we had guys who, could execute you know these very elaborate fightings and not only can they do it they were willing to put in the time and work the, the amount our gym was open the production let us build you know our stunt room as they usually do and we left it completely open to all cast members who wanted to come and train so even cast members who didn't really have much action to do, would come in and openly just train with our team. And they were down for it. There was never anyone on our show who we had to very begrudgingly get in there for a training session. If we needed them to train for a fight scene, they were there. Andrew Koji would come and just call us and say, hey, can I just come use your gym? I know you guys are filming, but once I wrap, can I get in there for two hours on my own just to train? And we'd be like, of course. And you know, they would, they would come and do that on their own time. We would just go, oh, we don't have anybody to train you right now because all our guys are busy and they're, oh, that's fine. I just want to come and use your gym. And a lot of the actors, you know, took advantage of that. And it, it shows, it shows. Yeah,
1: absolutely, it shows. If we can, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit more about Andrew Koji for a minute, because this guy is just incredible. He's a great actor, really great yeah. actor. And obviously he looks great on screen. This is a remarkable specimen of a man. <laughs> um, but he's, as you mentioned, he seems to be holding his own with the choreography as well. And there's these little moments, you know, here and there where I don't know if it's purposeful. It must be a little bit, but it really feels he has like these Bruce Lee mannerisms that like peek in from time to time. And at one point in season one, he did one that I actually got a little emotional watching because I was like, holy God, like, I don't know if that's the spirit of Bruce, like, you know, infiltrating, <laughs> infiltrating his body. But it got me just talk to us about working with andrew a little bit more and how he's handling this lead role and also he's handling the pressure
2: of being the star of a of bruce lee show he's very very dedicated like i said on you know just in terms of the training itself you know um like i said when he would wrap a day he would come in on his own and just use our gym on his own and just train you know he he was a machine you know and it it is a lot it was a very very heavy weight to carry you mm-hmm. know in terms of that um, I think what he did very, very cleverly, and Jonathan Tropper, uh, our showrunner, as well, Shannon, Justin, all, all the all the guys above who make these decisions. is That I was always worried that if we tried to make him Bruce, I think the show would would have failed because 100%. there's one Bruce and that's it. And we're right. not making we're not making a biopic. This is a show Bruce is meant to star in. Right. But they very cleverly snuck in these little homages and these little tiny traits. And Andrew, you know, he said he did a lot of studying about kind of how Bruce stands and moves, but still inherently making it an Andrew Koji character. It's like an Andrew Koji character with some Bruce Lee characteristics. You know, we, we have we definitely always have to pay the homages, you know, to some of the Bruce Lee Bruce Lee isms for lack of a better word, yeah. on the show. Whether it's a little bit of these things for the choreography or how he stands and poses, Koji and them did a fantastic job, I think, about doing that. I was very, very worried in the beginning, just wondering if how deep into the Bruce Lee that they were going to go. And I think they treaded a very fine line very, very well. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's
1: little subtle things here and there, little kisses of it that just make you go, oh, yeah. snap. oh, baby, here we go. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's not like, you know, the Bruce Lye movies that came out in the 70s. After. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, Definitely not that. Um, it definitely feels like Andrew and his character is super well defined and and so cool.
2: Yeah, it still has a little bit of that, that you know, that cockiness in it and yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, updated from modern era. It's great. I, I think he did a fantastic, fantastic job doing it.
1: My last question before we have to take our break here is more of a general question that I like to ask the stunt people that I work with. What is it that you love so much about the stunt world? Not just on this show, but in general. Why, why did you choose stunts? Because it's working in this industry is a tough path, you know, in general. And then working in stunts is like, it's a tough path and you're putting your body on the line, you know?
2: Why stunts for you, Johnny? I feel like I'm such, such a, uh, as an like an Asian uh, martial arts, you know, stunt performer, I feel like I'm such a cliche answer. Just, I grew up watching yeah lots of martial arts films, whether are not, whether it's the Bruce Lee, the Jet Lee, the Jackie Chan's, you know, growing up. And so... In like the Hong Kong action cinema, you know the the golden age of you know Jackie Chan and all the other greats, Sammo, you know the the Seven Fortunes. Um, if you know who those those guys are, and a lot mm-hmm. of stunt guys who are part of them, uh, they very they very very much glorified what it was to be a uh, stuntman. You know, if you go back and watch, it's a kind of a different filming. Um, ideology about, about how they film stunts, you know, where the stuntmen were always very, very highlighted. Whereas I feel like in Hollywood cinema, it was the actors that were highlighted in the fight scenes. Right. And so growing up, I thought that was just the coolest thing to do and fight and fall and stuff all day. And, you know, that's so that, that was just the dream of coming in. And I've always been very movement based. You know, I used to sing and dance karaoke as a kid. And then I got into martial arts. And then I was a I was a dancer in high school for a little bit as well. And then I got really heavy into martial arts and I was a theater major. So I was always been doing stuff that was movement based. Mm -hmm. And so stunts just came very natural to me, like as a natural progression for that.
1: And you're incredible at it, man. And here, like we, we feel you, man, here on film forward. We like to give the stunt team, the stunt performers their well-deserved applause because we, we just recently did uh, an episode with Lucy Romberg where we,
0: each oh, gave, she's great.
1: She's great, isn't she? Mm-hmm. We each gave three three of our favorite stunt films and and tried to highlight the stunt performers and the incredible stunts on that because you're right. Like in Hollywood, stunts are like literally made to look invisible. The stunt performers are, they always hide them, you know, they, they never really talk about them. It's, it's just like they do the stunt, they go out there, they put their body on the line and then they're never mentioned. Again, there's no Academy Award for stunts. There's no even SAG Award for stunts, I think, even though you guys are in SAG, which is
2: crazy. They finally, finally opened up a category for okay. that that they've been fighting for, for like 20, 25 years. And it's just a weird, I, I just feel like it's a weird mentality thought that again, like because we're supposed to be expendable and that's how sometimes we get treated, which is going, oh you're just you're just a stunt guy. Oh you can take it. You're a stunt guy. Like no. Like our, our job is to pretend to get hurt. We're right. performer just as much as you are. Our job is not actually to get hurt. Right. The yeah. danger level is there, but the job is not to get hurt. That'd be insanity. It's almost as if, if they acknowledge the work that stunt people put into it takes away something from the action hero in it. Right. That's what it feels like to me. That's it's like being Hollywood's dirty secret of like no 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 the stunt performers really helps the action the, the lead the lead person, you know, he or she look good. I just feel like we're all in this together. You look good. We all look good. Like Absolutely, acknowledging yeah. our work doesn't take anything away from you. You're still the lead actor. You know, no one's gonna go and see a Johnny Yang stuntman film. You know what I mean? For like, sure. Oh, let's yeah. go. Let's go watch Johnny Yang because he's a stunt guy. He's stunt guy number three in this. That's not gonna happen. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, we're still going to see you know, whatever, uh, Matt Damon, yeah, whoever, yeah. It is. Exactly.
2: Whoever, whoever it is, you know, and I, I didn't want to say like a celebrity celebrity name because I didn't want to sound like I'm saying, Oh, Matt Damon doesn't give it to a stunt guy. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, we're just, we're just giving a celebrity name in general, whoever yes, that person exactly. is,
1: you know, Matt Damon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Matt Damon. laughs>
2: we love you, Matt Damon.
1: I love, you Matt, we love Damon. you, Matt Damon.
2: I've watched the Martian like 50 times. It's great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Johnny as as you mentioned like the warrior team seems to have that mindset in the exactly the right place it is a total team effort and that absolutely comes across on screen both in the quality and you know like even though there's a lot of bad things happening in the show in the script the amount of fun and pleasure it really comes across on screen and, and I'm, I'm really happy oh, thank you. that you're getting to work on this because i know how how awesome it must be for you and I can't
2: wait for season three, man. Thank you all. Me too. I love, I love and I miss my Warrior family. They were some of the most wonderful people I've honestly ever met because it just, again, it just really felt like everyone was there for the team effort. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, very exciting. If you guys have not seen Warrior, check it out. Seasons one and two can be streamed right now on HBO Max. As we mentioned, season three just got greenlit. So that's on the horizon as well. But check out Warrior if you haven't seen it. You will not regret it. It is hours and hours of fun. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. When we return, Johnny is going to help us out with our favorite segment, Gimme Three. We'd like to take a minute and give a very special thanks to our new sponsor, E-Minutes. E-Minutes is a company of entertainment lawyers who are dedicated to giving a platform to underrepresented voices by helping filmmakers form companies and other necessary legal entities. They're sponsoring a new award with LADFF called the Emerging Filmmaker Award and giving their services for free to the lucky winners. You can find out more about them by going to LADFF.com and clicking on the E-Minutes link.
0: I'm Sonia, and this is my Movie Minute. After over a year, my first experience back at the movie theater was seeing Shiva Baby, followed by a Q&A with director Emma Seligman. I'm so happy that this was my first in-person movie experience since the pandemic, because not only did I see a movie I loved, I also got to hear a great Q&A. Emma was so forthcoming about her process and what it took to make this movie. Of course, all movies are hard work. But Indies are extra hard since resources are so slim and you feel like this might be your one chance to take a stab at your dream. But she was able to make this movie look effortless and feel so natural. Shiva Baby takes place over a few hours at a Shiva, which is a Jewish wake. Danielle, who's played absolutely brilliantly by Rachel Senott, is living multiple lives and they all crash into each other at the Shiva where her parents and lovers are all in attendance. The movie is claustrophobic, tense, funny, introspective, honest, sexy, and triumphant, all in a very short time and in a very confined space. Credit goes to the whole team because this was clearly a team effort with everybody bringing their A-game. And it also has to be noted that almost all the department heads and key creatives are women. Shiva Baby is available on various streaming sites and is still playing in a few theaters as well. It'll Have you on the edge of your seat and cracking up at the same time? That was my movie Minute. Thanks for listening. Thank it's really you. good to see you. Hi, Hi, how, are you? Good. Good how are you? Good, how are you? What's you? Up? Could you take this little oh, Sure, I can yes, totally sure I can help you with all this. How was the
1: funeral? Uh, meh, eulogies weren't great. Wow. You
0: know, do me a favor when I go, make a good speech. Oh, wow. you know what? Take the roquelaure. Okay, I'll um, take these. Thanks. To... Follow me in the other room. Oh, wait, mom, who died?
1: All right. Welcome back to Film Forward, everybody. We are here with stunt coordinator, stunt performer, and general awesome dude, Johnny Yang. And he's about to give us three film recommendations, everybody. Movies that have inspired him or inspired his work, even though he didn't want to do this segment. (laughs) 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 I convinced him that it was going to be great. And he picked some great movies for us. So Johnny, Let's get your first pick here.
2: It's a Donnie Yen film called Wu Xia, aka Dragon, Mm -hmm. aka, I think, Swordsman as well. I never really did get the under figure out why it ended up with three different names. Um,
1: (laughs) This movie is incredible. I had not seen it, and I just watched it this week for the first time, and it really was amazing. Donnie Yen might be one of my favorite actors working today, but my God, this movie is awesome. (laughs) Tell the audience
2: a little bit about Dragon. It's. One of the best assassins in the world kind of story goes into seclusion, tries to become a nobody, and his past comes back and brings back everything that he tried to run away from. And he's got to go back into that world to fight and save, you know, somebody. Yeah. Um, let's just say that's that's the basic premise. And really what, what I love about the show is the cinematography behind how they film the action scenes. I thought was so so beautiful in this and it it became, it's really one of my favorite ways I think to film an action scene.
1: Yeah, the fight sequences are shot really beautifully. The filmmaker also like in in some of the dramatic elements of the story and like in some of the flashbacks he like takes it in this kind of like mumblecore style of like editing and shooting <laughs> and it just like it goes into very unique places that I like hadn't seen in a lot of kung fu films before and I was like, "All right, this is this is fun, man. Like th- th- there's a lot of stuff happening. And what I loved about it was just like the, the characters continue to reveal like more and more about themselves, like even pretty late into the film. Like it continues to be a mystery throughout the entire film and, and a gripping one at that. This was a really fun movie to
2: watch. Yeah. I thought so, you know, and I'm, um, you know, Takeshi Kaneshiro um, who plays this director and I think he's a lot of fun in it. Yeah. You know, doing a different uh, Chinese accents, I kind of like it nowadays when the, in uh, China and Hong Kong when they do a film, an Asian film, and they just, people may speak different languages where one guy's speaking Mandarin, one guy speaking Cantonese, but they all understand each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's cool. Yeah. Totally. yeah again, I, my favorite thing about this is obviously the, the choreography is wonderful, but I really, really dig. And it's one of the first times I've seen this type of, at least that really stood out to me. The way that they filmed the action scenes, pretty much a lot of it on um, what looks like some kind of uh probably on the Dolly track jib it was just beautiful, beautiful, really planned out. Well, well planned out camera work for the fight team. So that was great. Absolutely, man. And again, I mentioned
1: Donnie Yen, like I'll watch that guy in anything.
2: He, 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 he yeah. doesn't miss. He really does not miss. It took him a long, he he was in the, he's been in the game, not was, he's still in the game, but he's, he was in it for so, so many years, you know, he put in the legwork to finally, finally, you know, get to where he is, you know, and it it pays off, you know, obviously. Dragon, my friends,
1: if you have, what were the other two titles? I I know it's got a lot of titles. I was able to find it under Dragon. Uh, yeah, for, I looked like, I, I it up right
2: now just to double check because I was trying to remember what the official title was. Right. I think I watched it under Wuxia. Wuxia. Um, because that's the, I think that's the Chinese that's the uh, Chinese name for it. Gotcha. But it's Wuxia, a.k.a. Dragon. And that is available
1: to rent on uh, Apple TV. I watched it on, I think, Tubi. It's available a, a few different places to stream, everybody. So I highly recommend checking it out. All right, your second pick, Mr. Johnny.
2: I'm going to go with an animated one that I love. And I, I keep every once in a while, I'll Google and see what type of period piece samurai uh, anime has come out recently. But uh, it's this film called sword of the stranger is one that I really, really dig. And actually really because of the, uh, same idea as why i like uh, a lot of my i guess all three of my picks are going to kind of be, be you know cinematography based mm-hmm. is what really brought me drew me to it but it's a, a 2007 animated film that uh i actually saw the i saw the final fight scene of this anime before i saw the film i just on a, it just popped up on my youtube and i was like oh what is this and you know uh, i watched this sword fight and i thought it was oh my god so gorgeous from the uh the soundtrack to the way that it was animated was so beautiful to watch and so moving in it the emotional quality the stuff that i felt in it really drew me to the anime itself so then i then i went back and said, i have to watch the anime if this fight scene is anything like the rest or if the rest of the film is anything like this fight scene i have to watch the anime and i love it uh,
1: so i have yet to see this movie but i have it i have it rented so i'm very excited to check it out but it's funny you mentioned that that final fight scene and before you recommended this movie to me, a couple other people recommended this movie to me over the last like year, and they mm-hmm. also mentioned that same fight scene. So, I was sold before, but now
2: I'm like I'm triple E sold. So, I'm I'm yeah, going to I'm going to check it out immediately. Super, it's a super basic story. Yeah. But I I love the ex- I just love the execution in it, you know. Right. It's a lot of slow moments in it, mm-hmm. but when the action kicks up, yeah, it's it's so freaking good. I love it.
1: Awesome. Sort of the stranger that's available to rent on Amazon Prime digitally if you guys want to check that out. I think they also have it at Cinephile Video. If you want to support your local video stores, please do that. They could use the love. All mm-hmm. right, Johnny. Your third and final pick sir.
2: 1917, Oscar Winner of uh when was it? When did this film? I think 2019. Yeah. I want to say, yeah. the, the years have kind of blended together. Right. <laughs> um, Time is yeah. elusive right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, long, it's war, war film, uh, Sam Mendes, you know, the master of light, Roger Deakins as mm-hmm. the cinematographer, a beautiful film, long, you know, if you guys haven't heard of it, the film that it looks like one long uncut wonder. Yeah. And I watched all the behind the scenes stuff and just the technical side behind it just blows my mind the trenches that they had to build for the steady steadicam stuff to run through so so crazy
1: yeah very crazy there was one behind the scenes thing that i watched that there was one thing that really blew my mind was you know for each of the set they had to plan this thing meticulously right because it's like timed out and you know obviously stunts you got explosions you've got uh, mm-hmm. techno cranes and all the timing is has to be immaculate so the scene where the main character is like going through that that area at night and the flares are what's lighting the scene. So they yeah. had, they had built models of all the different sets as they were like planning this thing out. So for that one, they used little lights to kind of see when they wanted the flares to go and how long they wanted them in the air and what shadows they would create so they would yeah. know what they were seeing. I was like, that is other level. Planning. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, is talking, incredible.
2: that that little set they built with the, with those little like archways where they can move a little light so they can see if the flare went up and with the shadows. You're talking about that yeah. little yeah. set piece they built, right? Exactly. Yeah, so cool, yeah. right? Little models, so freaking yeah. cool. Yeah. And I love I love that gigantic fire tower that they built of lights. Right. To celebrate the burning. Yeah, so freaking cool. I love it.
1: Yeah, this movie is uh I, I saw it like a couple times at theater and it obviously a mind-blowing cinematic experience if you ever get a chance to see it on the big screen and you haven't seen it on the big screen, you have to do it. I want to watch it again after rewatching some of the behind the scenes stuff because there's more, obviously there's more cuts than you're aware of because you yes. can't be privy to all of them, but they looked at some of them and I was like, wow, impressive, bravo. So I, I got to rewatch it and, and uh, just have some fun. Yeah, it's,
2: Even from the VFX side, because I saw some breakdowns yeah. of how they did, where the blends are. And it's place that you wouldn't think there's a blend there. And that's the blend. And some of that is a VFX Like, that's not a person that's there. Yeah, insanity. So well done. So well planned.
1: So well done. Yeah, amazing. 1917. I think it's on HBO Max right now. Check that out. It's just a wild, fun ride. And you know what else is on HBO Max? Warrior, which you should definitely check out. (laughs) Uh, Seasons one and two. You can see Johnny Yang and the entire stunt team there. Incredible hard work. The whole team. Actors, performers, directors, writers. Top to bottom. chef's kiss it's just a a wonderful wonderful and fun show Uh, i'm really happy for you johnny thank you so much for being here and joining me on your on your sunday night far away from home you're in
2: you're in hungary right now joining me i appreciate the time brother hey thank you for having me um thanks for loving the show we couldn't have another season without you guys so thank you so
1: much looking forward to season three my friend thank you for joining us thank you all for listening to film forward and we'll catch you next time Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time.